I, I want you to live a more easeful life. I want you to be able to, um, not only function throughout your days, but do things that you never thought were possible with anxiety, with, you know, whether it's crippling anxiety or low level anxiousness throughout your day, I want you to be able to see yourself doing these, you know, big dream things that you never thought you could do. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I have no idea what I'm doing, but no one really does. So let's talk about it. I am a published author, blogger, and podcast host, and my content explores the intersection of mental health and social media use. And who better to ask about that than the people who need to be online? Every Friday, I speak to influential content creators like authors, entrepreneurs, influencers, bloggers, actresses, coaches, podcasters, and I ask them how they manage a healthy relationship with social media. How do they balance showing up here and doing their work while maintaining a healthy mental state? The Perfect Podcast is a filter-free zone, so we get into all of it. We find out all about the parts of our guest lives that don't make it online. And by the end of it, it feels like you just made a new best friend. We have so much to learn from each other, and my goal for this show is to prove to you that you are not alone. Here's what happens when people stop using filters and start getting real. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and if you're new here, welcome. Welcome to the party. This is the show where we realize that life can be perfect and life can be fucked. So it's perfect, (laughs) and we love talking about it. So I personally love bringing on people to the show who are influential content creators who are just living really cool badass lives and doing really cool and badass things and we're all seeing it in their shiny filtered news feeds and thinking wow they're doing amazing things but how am I ever going to do stuff like that and I bring them on the show so that they can tell us about all the parts of their lives that don't show up online all the parts that happened before we found them online so that we can regain that context that we all know is there because we all know that just like we aren't sharing our entire lives online, so are so is everyone else. And when we hear about all that other stuff, it puts things into perspective and reminds us that we can all be doing really amazing, cool, badass things with our own lives, whatever dream that may be, big or small, whether it's a lifestyle change, a business endeavor, a relationship idea, whatever it is, we can all be going after those things. And hearing these types of conversations helps us remember that. Um, Today's guest is so cool. She was such a doll. Her name is Amanda Palmer. She's an anxiety relief coach. I thought that was super interesting. I had never heard of something like that before. And she had so many cool tips and insights, and I'm really excited to share them with you in this conversation. Um, Before we dive into the episode, though, I wanted to unpack something that we talked about um, when we did the interview. So one of the things that Amanda talked about that she does to kind of combat her anxiety symptoms or to maybe like regain control over her anxiety and, you know, show it who's who's in charge is... like facing her fears, essentially, like doing things that scare her on purpose. And so the example she gave was, you know, she's terrified of white water rafting. So she became a white water rafting guide. 
And I was like, girl, pump the brakes. Because <laughs> like, no, I'm like hearing that as somebody who's like afraid of absolutely everything, like that was just way too unrealistic for me. But, but what she was talking about, that idea of purposely putting yourself in situations that are uncomfortable or you're, you're afraid of them, reprograms your brain and your nervous system once you get to the other side of that moment and realize everything's fine, that you're not, you don't have to be afraid of it. And it just retrains your nervous system. So for, if you're like me, <laughs> and I imagine some people listening are, if you're like me and you are afraid of a lot of things and jumping in a whitewater rafting trip sounds like something from another planet, I have some ideas to share with you before you hear about that insight in the conversation. So <clears throat> I talk about this in the episode, but for me personally, like me sitting down still on a couch, I have the same amount of adrenaline pumping through my system as somebody who's like about to go on a roller coaster, right? Like I'm just constantly full of too much adrenaline. That's what my anxiety does to my nervous system. It just floods my system on, makes like puts the alert bells and the alarm system on all the time. So, um, yeah, like I can't just go from that to jumping and doing something super, super scary for me. I have to take it smaller steps at a time to get to the same place. And like I wrote about this on Instagram once I shared a post about a story from when I was in college. I had a boyfriend in college and he was did not have anxiety disorder. He didn't have anxiety. And I did, but I didn't know that because I had never been to therapy before. So I didn't have words for it. So I was just afraid of everything. And he was just always frustrated with me because I was afraid of everything and I couldn't explain why. So we went on this beautiful 30-day trip around Europe. It was so cool. And one of the places we went was Barcelona. And when we were there, he had an idea to rent bicycles and bike around the city to see the city that way which is like such a cool idea. And instantly I was like, fuck no, like hell fuck no. It just was terrifying to me. And like, he couldn't understand it and he was so frustrated and I couldn't explain it to him because I didn't know that I had anxiety. So the only way I could explain it to him was like the thought of getting on a bicycle and biking around this city makes me feel the same as if I were about to jump out of an airplane and not know if the shoe was packed correctly. <laughs> like it was that type of fear. And he couldn't understand it, obviously, because he's he didn't have anxiety. But either way, we settled on doing a tandem bicycle and it made me feel a little bit safer because like I wasn't the one riding the bicycle and he was in control. And it was like the best part of the whole trip. It was so fun. I was scared kind of the whole time, but I was less scared than I would have been if I rode by myself. And it was the best part of the 30 days. It was like my most memorable part of the trip. I'm so glad we did it. So before I even spoke to Amanda, I had been playing around with this idea in my head that I can do little like low risk scary things and kind of still do the same thing to my nervous system and start like retraining it. So rather than skydiving, rock climbing, all these like adventure high adrenaline things that I immediately in my head, I'm like, if you do that, you'll die. I could do something like singing in front of people, which is something I've never been able to do. And I've always been terrified of it. But I know statistically, I will not die if I do that. <laughs> like no one in the history of the world has ever died just from singing in front of people. So 
I got on TikTok and got on Instagram and started posting these videos of myself singing and it was really scary. But like, what's the worst that could happen? I'd be embarrassed. Like I have a pretty thick skin about embarrassment. So I like didn't worry about it that much. So I posted it. Everyone was like super supportive of it. They loved it. It made me really happy. It was really fun to be able to share that side of myself with people. And it kind of gave me this like level of confidence and this like edge that I didn't have before. So like I'm I'm continuing to like chase that momentum. Things like saying yes more just in general to like activities that my husband wants to do because he's like very much the opposite of me. Like he always wants to be occupied and busy and doing something and having an activity and going on adventures. And like literally if I was left to my own devices, I would not get off the couch. Like I would go from couch to bed, back to couch. I know this about myself. So it's good. We balance each other out. But yeah, so he always wants to be like doing things and I'm very quick to say no because I never want to do anything because I'm afraid and lazy. And now I'm just trying to say yes more. So if he's like, let's go take a bike ride this morning. I'm like, yes. Like, let's go, you know, do this project outside. Yes. Like, I'm just trying to like make my knee jerk reaction more positive. And it's been fun. And I'm really enjoying the things I've been saying yes to. I've even started like planning my own activities, planning my own trips. I decided I wanted to take the family camping and I planned the whole trip and I got all the gear and like it was scary and I was thinking of all the ways that it can go wrong, but I still just like leaned into it and like leaning into that unknown. And the more I do it, the stronger that muscle gets and the stronger I get to battle those anxious and fearful thoughts that come up. And so this is all to say, when you hear us talking about that in the episode and she she gives the example of whitewater rafting. You might have the same reaction that I do and you think like, what? I'm never doing that. Um, but there are little things that you can do to still have the same effect on your anxiety, on your nervous system and whatever it is and have a – just strengthen that muscle. So for me, it was things like singing in front of people or taking more adventures and trips and things like that. For you, it could be like a class you've wanted to try. Like maybe you want to try like pole dancing or hip hop or whatever, or like a post that you've been like really nervous to write and share online and like you go ahead and hit publish on it or um, a conversation that you've wanted to have with someone for a really long time, but you've been too scared to do it. Um, an outfit that you've been saving in your closet and thought you could never wear. Um, you know, you don't need to jump out of an airplane to face your fear and show your anxiety who's boss. Some people do. And there is nothing wrong with that. I just know I am not those people. And maybe some of you aren't either. So when you hear us talking about the, that, that stuff today, just keep that in mind. Um, yeah. So that's my little spiel about that. Next up, let's talk about Amanda. Let's talk about today's guest. So today we are talking about thriving with mental illness, right? Like, do you ever feel like you're just surviving with anxiety? and like not thriving with it. Like for me, personally, I didn't even know that was an option. Like I thought like you had to just survive. Like there was no option where you can go past that. But Amanda does believe that. And today on the podcast, we're speaking to her and she's an anxiety relief coach and she teaches her clients how to integrate habits and routines and actionable steps to create the life you are meant to live. So in today's episode, you'll hear all about Amanda's story and how she helps herself and others thrive with anxiety through mindfulness, habits, and radical self-acceptance. She offers so many cool 
tools that you can like integrate today to, as you're listening to this to just really start retraining your brain to a place where you are thriving. You're doing things that you never thought you could do with anxiety. Um, as always, you'll find links to connect with Amanda down in the show notes. And along with the links for her, you can find links to connect with me as well. All of that is in the show notes. And yeah, you'll also see all of our affiliate links and our discount codes from all of my favorite brands and products that I love and swear by. And I'm maybe putting together a gift guide with those things. But if not, I'll just talk to you guys about it maybe <laughs> in my Instagram stories. But they're such cool things. And they're all offering like really cool like bundles and gift sets and stuff. And they're honestly like the best gifts. So I'll talk about that maybe in another time. But all the links and discount codes are down there. And if you know anyone who has been touched with mental illness, anxiety, depression, and could benefit from hearing Amanda's story and the teachings that she's sharing, please share this episode with them. It's a great way for us to spread the word about the podcast and invite new friends to join us. And it's, it's, it'd be great for them to hear. It'll offer value to them, especially if they have been suffering with these types of things. Along with that, you can scroll down in your podcast app right now. And along with that, you can scroll down in your podcast app right now and leave us a five-star rating and a kind review because it all helps so, so much. <sighs> I hope you have a great day, guys. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. And that's it. So let's meet Amanda Palmer. Perfect. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. And you had mentioned that we might be in different time zones. So where are you located? <laughs> okay, I think I confused myself. I'm so used to being like all over, but yeah. I'm in Florida and I saw that oh. on one of your previous podcasts, you're also in Florida. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Where in Florida are you? I'm, um, do you know where Longboat Key is? I've heard of that, but where where is it in, on the it's, map, I guess? So it's um, west, on the west coast of Florida, okay. uh, just below Tampa. So okay. maybe an hour from Tampa. Okay, so like the Gulf Coast? Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right, I'm in South Florida. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I know, it's so funny. I saw UTC on the time zone. And I'm oh. Like, where is that? <laughs> so I had to do some research research on it because I'm usually I am usually in different time zones than other people mm. so, yeah. all right well perfect um well so you know I start the recording like as soon as we jump on so I, okay. I had a guest the other day ask me like halfway through like oh are we already recording so I wanted <laughs> to make that um clear up front um and thank you so much for agreeing to join us and sharing your story I know that the people who listen are gonna gain so much value from what you have to share. Um, and I love to have our guests, I always ask everyone to introduce themselves so that the listeners can know who you are and what you do, because mm -hmm. I like to have them hear it from you instead of me. So if you don't mind introducing yourself and let us know what you do. Okay, awesome. Yes, thank you. Um, first of all, yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this and happy that we made our little online connection. Um, good does come out of social media sometimes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so my name is Amanda and I uh, created Amanda Palmer Wellness and 
it's gone through a few evolutions since I've started my business, but um, right now I am an anxiety coach. So what I do is help uh, women with their anxiety, with anxious thoughts. And I use mindfulness and habits as the, the main tools, the main methods to help uh, my clients work through their anxious thoughts and to move through life with with more ease and I like to say thrive, right? So when I'm when I'm saying thrive, that's so that's such a broad term. And what I mean by that is that I I want you to live a more easeful life. I want you to be able to um, not only function throughout your days, but do things that you never thought were possible with anxiety, with you know, whether it's crippling anxiety or low-level anxiousness throughout your day, I want you to be able to see yourself doing these, you know, big dream things that you never thought you could do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really, I use these tools as a way to empower the people I work with because a lot of methods for anxiety is, you know, medication or talk therapy, which are helpful. They're great. You know, I don't, I'm not saying anything against that. Uh, but I do notice that that puts a lot of confidence and assurance outside of the person who's struggling with anxiety and so my goal is to is to transform that into empowering each individual to to live and to feel and to grow through themselves with their own actions so you know um you'll have with my programs you'll have these tools to to not only to work through each stage of your anxiety or your anxious thoughts and you'll have these grounding methods these things that you can do these habits you can do outside of high anxiety and you know habits actions they all compound they all multiply so as you continue this work the confidence and the assurance comes more into the individuals mm. i've never heard of something like this so what's the difference between the support that you offer like compared to someone who is like a talk therapist, like someone who's going, if you're like doing therapy and mm -hmm. you're talking to someone and trying to um, relieve your anxiety and manage your anxiety through, through a modality like that, what, what kind of difference is it than working with a coach, for example? Hmm. That's, that's a great question. Hmm. Um, so what I've noticed, and these are my personal experience as well as clients' experiences. So what I've noticed with talk therapy, you know, it's, it's amazing. I, th I think that there's so much healing that can be done with talk therapy and with, um, you know, there's, there's rewiring patterns and, and breaking down limiting beliefs and, you know, um, childhood stuff that is talk therapy works wonders on, right? What I saw and my own experience, the missing link was the, the actionable items to go forward. You know, there's a, there's a lot of healing within communicating, within sharing stories. And I felt like there was a bit of a gap in how to daily increase um, the capacity to live with, with anxious thoughts, capacity to live with anxiety. And so what I do is offer these tools, these practices um, for continued support that you can do on your own. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And it's, it's okay. definitely resonates with my personal experience because 
I also have done therapy now for however many years, maybe like 10 years now on and off. And right now I'm in a period of not seeing a therapist because I haven't really enjoyed doing it virtually. So I've just stopped during all this COVID stuff. And I can definitely understand what you're saying because going to therapy is, I agree is a hundred percent. I would even say necessary. Like it's a necessary first step in taking responsibility for your mental health. Like when you're in that, that position where you're finally realizing you need help, you have to seek help outside of yourself first, most times, because you're in a very vulnerable, often weak state, just mm-hmm. coming to realization that something's wrong. But therapy is like a usual once a week sort of thing. You kind of just, empty, what I vision it is like emptying out a very packed purse, like on someone's mm-hmm. coffee table and just asking them to like, look at it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what that feels like. And it's very relieving. It's like a weight off your shoulders, but then you go to therapy. It's the one day you do it and then you leave the office and then you have like seven days in between and they do give you tools there, but the empowering part of it, the, the confidence, the owning the tools, using them on your own is an aspect that I think takes, needs something like this, like needs a different angle. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like synergy, like those things working together. And eventually maybe you don't need therapy as often and you are Mm -hmm. able to handle those things on your own with these tools. Mm -hmm. Um, But it makes perfect sense. So now I'm very curious about what kind of brought you to doing this work. Like maybe I would imagine you had experience and a story of anxiety mm-hmm. and um, overcoming it or a journey through that. So if you would um, like to share that story and maybe what kind of work or what you were doing before this. Mm-hmm. And I also love to know what people thought they would be doing. So were you always planning on being an anxiety coach or did you have a story that led up until here? Okay, great question. So my... <laughs> My story is full of peaks and valleys and roadblocks and sharp (laughs) U-turns. So, um, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be an elephant when I grew up. (laughs) Um, No, I haven't always thought I was going to be an anxiety coach. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that to answer that question. That's awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like since since I was young, it's always been like, well, I don't even know where, which direction I'm going in. I'm just going to take that next step, whatever feels um, right for me. And so there's, there's two really huge pivotal moments in my life that uh, I think have really brought me here. And I'm sure there's more in between, but you know, my, I do have anxiety. I experience deep anxiety. Um, I was, when I was younger, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. And the, I feel like the act of the diagnosis actually totally changed my perspective on who I was. You know, my identity was just kind of thrown up in the air. And um, it felt very much like I was losing control. You know, I I didn't know who I was anymore. There was this mistrust in myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I felt very alone. I, I did the medication. I did talk therapy. I was actually an in inpatient at one point. Um, So it, it was very much of a 
I'm flawed. There's something off with me and I need outside help Mm. to, to fix me, to put me back together again. And so in the end, it was very helpful for me to, to have medication and talk therapy and the hospitalization. And I realized that there's that missing piece, right? There's that missing piece of how do I trust myself again? How do I come back home to who I am and believe that I'm actually whole as a person? I'm not broken. I'm not flawed. I feel deeply and I feel all things deeply, you know, not just the good, not just the happiness, but I feel it all. And so with these questions, I've just been searching. I've just been searching and researching and trying to discover you know how how do i put my pieces back together again and feel that trust and wholeness within myself and um, i remember when i was very young you know maybe 14 sitting in my room and just saying i'm gonna try this thing called meditation i'm gonna see what it's like (laughs) sitting there and you know i may have read somewhere like you imagine gold liquid all falling on your head and all this stuff and that was the first time i had this experience of like whoa there's something this is some some kind of uh silence some kind of quietness some kind of um deep understanding within myself that that this is it this is my wholeness. And, you know, I, I would love to say from there, everything changed, but you know, it's, it's the roller coaster, right? It's this, how life works, the evolution of life. And so um, I was continuing to search and, and try and understand what my path was. And, you know, I went to college because I thought it was the, the right thing for me to do because that's what everybody did. And I had this sense of, this is not really what you're meant to be doing. And I didn't listen to it. And when I was 19, uh, I was in a motorcycle accident. And so my life again was just thrown up in the air. And, um, you know, it was, it wasn't a great time. I wasn't wearing a helmet. I had just gotten off of work as being a hostess. So I had a little skirt on and a cardigan, you know, completely not, motorcycle ready or safe. And so um, I was bedridden for two months and um, I broke my my neck. I had road rash everywhere. And that really <laughs> quite literally laid me down flat. And I, I asked myself a lot of questions about, well, what am I here for? I I was so fortunate to not have died because that that should have been it for me. I really believe that some somehow I was saved. And so from there, I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Where am I going? This is, this is clearly not the path I'm meant to be on. So where am I supposed to be? And from there, I just started listening to these little, these pings, these little interests, this, um, you know, almost like this little heart string tug. And um, from there, you know, I moved to North Carolina. I became a whitewater rafting guide. And I'm terrified of water. 100% terrified. Um, And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something that scares me so I can get over this fear. So, you know, just from back then when I was younger, I've been searching for these ways to to become whole again. I'm like, well, I'm afraid of this thing. I'm going to go after it. 
I'm going to just go for it. And, you know, my anxiety, of course, is beating through my chest. I'm sweating. I'm shaking. I'm, but it was this thing of like, no, I am whole. I'm whole and I can do these hard things. And so I did that. And then um, I traveled to Costa Rica with some friends and uh, just felt like I was home and ended up actually moving there a few months later. And through that, through living in Costa Rica, I found yoga and I became a, uh, an instructor there. And I've just been feeling more deeply into mindfulness and into uh, spirituality and connecting more with, uh, you know, myself on a soul level and then also the body connection with it as well, right? Because our minds can play huge tricks on us, but our bodies can't lie. Mm -hmm. So there's, there were these pieces that were slowly coming together throughout my life of like, you can do hard things. You can, you can have these fears of, you know, being extremely afraid of heights and going rock climbing. You can be afraid of white water and learn how to surf and to be a guide. And, you know, you can do all of these things and then you can find yoga and find the stillness and the softness and the quiet and just putting all these pieces together to form um, my own, my own way of healing. And through that, and <laughs> so many pieces, mm -hmm. I've discovered that it's, you know, this, this works the way that I've, that I've found these, these new habits, these new mindfulness techniques, these, um, this new way of approaching life and realizing that life is extremely short. We are so fortunate to be here and it's for a reason you know, we're, we're here for a reason. We're not here to just sit back and, and watch life float by or do what we think we're supposed to do. You know, we're here to, to make a difference, to be seen and to feel whole. Mm -hmm. So that has all, all of that to say is that that's led me to, to supporting people who feel like they're broken, to feel like there's something wrong with them and to help them understand that you are whole already. You just don't have the tools yet to, to realize that and to experience it in yourself. But once you notice those tools, you learn those tools, you'll see that this is just how you were always meant to be. You are meant to be this feeling deeply sensitive um, person because that's needed in the world. We don't need people who are closed off and um, you know, emotionless. We need more connection, more unity, more love, more growth, more understanding, more empathy, more compassion, all of those things. And people who feel deeply, we bring that to the table. Man, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for sharing all of that story. And so much of it resonates and rings so true for me. And I know it's going to feel the same with a lot of the listeners. But the thing that struck the strongest chord for sure was your idea of doing things that you're scared of and, and feeling that fear and doing things anyway, because that is definitely a big part of my journey. <laughs> I'm very fearful. I have been either it was inherited or, or whatever. I was raised that way or it's just natural. And I've been sorting through that story for a while. But 
I'm so fearful. I'm, I'm not an, I'm the, I always say I'm like the opposite of an adrenaline junkie because of my anxiety. I already have over, over amount, an extra amount of adrenaline in my system all the time. Just Mm -hmm. when I'm like sitting, I have too much adrenaline running through my system. So the idea of like white rider rafting, rock climbing, roller coasters, all the things, everything scares me. So (laughs) the, the thought of maybe pushing myself out of that comfort zone and knowing that I'm whole and I can do that thing that I'm scared of and it's probably going to be fine. Just like it's probably (laughs) fine for everyone else who does it. Oh God, that's going to be, that involves a little bit more searching for me, but (laughs) um, I read through a lot of the stuff that you were sharing and I would love for you to talk to us more about routine and habits and how that has played a role in your um, recovery, I guess, or your journey from, you know, feeling flawed and broken to feeling confident and in control of, of your healing. And I also, I don't know if I could save this question for after, but I also saw that you mentioned something about spending close to like $25,000 on like all these different ways of fixing things, I guess. Right. And I was really curious to hear you maybe list out what some of those things were and what all these things were that you tried, like you mentioned therapy, um, but what all have you been trying, did you try before until you landed on the space and started developing these like habits and routines? And then we can maybe get into what those routines are. Okay. Yes. So when I, when I'm speaking about all the things that I've done before, I'm, I'm talking about, yes, talk therapy. I'm talking about um, psychiatry, medications, um, inpatient treatment. Um, I've been through coaching programs, um, you know, schooling, because I have gone back to schools, so I've done that, um, and, and just online trainings, searching for, for ways to help me um, to gather this information, yoga instructor training, all of these. I'm, I like to call myself a um, certificate collector. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, okay, what's the next thing I can do? And okay, mm-hmm. here's some more certificates that I have. And um, I'm a forever, forever student, forever learner. I, I think that the that it just never stops, right? We, there's always room to, to grow and to learn. And with that mindset, I've also put in a lot of money to that growth yeah. and to that learning, um, which I wouldn't take back for anything. I think it's all been beneficial, even the situations where I think like, well, well was it worth it? You know, I learned something. There's always something to learn. So um, that's what I'm talking about with, mm. with all the the material, the money wise. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. So there was a return on the investment is, is important to note. I think exactly. it's not just throwing because a lot of people, like when I first read that it was, this was my first um, interpretation of it. And I think a lot of people do this too, where they like throw money at a problem and like try all these different mm-hmm. things without really sitting with themselves first and understanding what their needs might be and mm-hmm. then searching and then, mm-hmm. you know, paying for things. Um, a lot of people just think I have a problem. This person says they'll fix it. This drink says they'll fix it. And they right. just like throw their cash around, but right. it is very much okay to invest in these tools, to invest in yeah. these programs, knowing that you're going to get a return on them. 
So right. I think that's very important. Well, and I also think it's important to note that that I think a lot of that also has to do with mindset, right? Like if if the mindset is I'm going to throw my money at this and this person's going to fix me, then then of course there's not going to be a return, right? Because you're putting um, your worth, your power outside of yourself and and you can't be fixed, right? There has to be that inner work for you to do. And I think at one point in my journey, that is exactly the way that I thought about things. That is exactly the way that I thought about um, going to therapy and, and experiencing talk therapy where I've spent hours of sitting in silence expecting a person to, sh to tell me and show me how to be better. Um, so I, the, with a shift of mindset, I think that you can see everything as a way of, of having that return, right? Because there's, it's, it's that mindset piece of like, I'm going to be fixed or I'm going to learn something, a, even a little itty bit of something that's going to help me grow. So there's just the, the little dials, you know? Yeah, I love that. That's such a good image. And so now if you don't mind talking to us about routines and mm -hmm. how that plays a part in this story and how you find them and stick to them mm -hmm. and the whole process. Cause I agree that they are one of the biggest reasons I've found some sort of balance in my healing journey. So I would love to hear what they mean to you and like some examples of what yours are. Mm -hmm. Yes. So with, I, I say habits, um, routines is also, it's the routines, you know? So the thing that struck me when I was learning more about habits is that, you know, habits account for about 40% of what we do on a daily basis, right? So those are our habitual actions, the ones that we don't think about. You know, you wake up, you go and you make your coffee or you wake up and you go to the bathroom and then you, you have this sequence of events that happens in your life that no real contemplation goes into. It's just a sequence that you're acting out. And that's about 40% of our of our days, of our decisions, of our thoughts that we're thinking. And that, that blew me away because if I really truly think about it, anxious thoughts, they're a pattern. They're something that just happen on repeat. They're, it's a habit, right? Something happens, we feel signals and our anxious thought pattern, or I call it sometimes a thought tornado, where it's just whipping and whirling and everything's combined and there's all these different thoughts that are picked up along the way. And that cycle is a habit. So if that's a habit, can't we change it? Can't we untangle it? Can't we, can't we try and, and fit in and swap and, and figure out a different way to form habits that can actually support us more through that? And so with all of that, I'm like, okay, well, I believe this. And how do I, how do I do that? What are, because this, the thought tornado, the anxious thought seems like a really big, unmanageable step to take to start out with, right? It's like, okay, just, we'll just stop your anxious thinking. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm healed, <laughs> you know? So instead of that, let's start small. Let's start really small. And I, I believe 100% with everything in me that small steps are truly the key to lasting change. They compound, they multiply. That's what creates the lasting sustainable change. If you go from A to B with one giant leap, 
that's not sustainable, right? So if you take a, and you go off to the side a little bit and you learn a little something and, it, you know, again, with the, the, the U-turns and the mm -hmm. uphills and the downhills, it's, it's all a process. So with the habits, I've realized that there's ways to, to almost train for the deep, anxious thinking. So there's ways to, to prepare myself for the times when I'm deeply anxious. And so I can, instead of getting whipped up in the tornado, I can sit down below and observe it and notice that I'm actually separate from that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I want to like snap. That was, ex that was <laughs> so succinct and simple and clear. And that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's sitting below the tornado and, ex and saying that you're separate from it. Mm -hmm. And that was perfect. And can you give us some examples of some of your routines? Or your yes. habits? Yes. So specifically to anxiety, I have a few that that I think are really easy take-homes as well. Um, so one is meditation. I Meditation has completely transformed my life. And I just want to break away the stigma of meditation a little bit because I hear this a lot with friends and clients who I... I say, you know, meditation is, is really helpful. I, I meet sometimes, I met sometimes with resistance about, you know, well, I can't sit still for that long. Um, I'm afraid of my thoughts. Mm. I'm, I don't know what's going to come up and, I, and I'm scared, those types of things. So first, meditation is, is not a time limit you can sit for however long feels right for you and you can do it in a way that serves you. Meditation is not sitting and chanting for, for hours at a time. It can be, and that's great, but it doesn't have to be. And I want this to be real and actionable for everybody because that's how you implement it into your daily life. That's how you do it daily. And that's how it really helps you. So with meditation, it's not about sitting and deleting all of your thoughts and, and, you know, no thinking, no thoughts. Oh crap. I'm thinking I'm not doing meditation. Right. Oh, okay. No thoughts again. It's not about silencing your thoughts. It's about recognizing that you're actually separate from them. It's about noticing that your thoughts are uncontrollable narratives that most of the time aren't welcome, but you can't do anything about it. They, they come in and instead of latching on and grasping and saying, this is who I am, you can step back and realize that, okay, this is, this is something that I can't control. I'm here as the observer. I can subscribe to some thoughts or I can unsubscribe <laughs> some thoughts, you know? Um, and so in meditation, there's that space of, okay, well, I'm sitting here and I'm breathing and, oh, a thought pops in. It's t entangled, it's enmeshed, it's something that I don't wanna be thinking. Well, that's okay. I don't need to think it, I can let that go. And it's just coming right back to where you are in your physical space each time. 
And so the actionable item for, for, from that would be, you know, sit for however long you can. If it's a minute, amazing. That's a minute of you sitting and, and practicing and working towards this inner stillness for yourself. And there's great apps out there, Insight Timer. Um, I'm on there. I have some meditations. There's thousands of people on there and they do guided meditations. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to sit there and be like, stop thinking, stop thinking. You know, this can be a real daily um, moment of stillness, moment of self-care for yourself. So meditation is one. I went off on that for a little while. No, that's the point. I want us to hear more about that. And I'm writing <laughs> down the name of that app. It was called Insight App, you said. In Insight Timer. Timer. Yeah, and it's a free app. Okay. And then um, I do, so there's breathing as well. Okay. Breathing is huge. Um, so in yoga, it's called pranayama. Um, but it's just, it's practicing breathing. And I say diaphragmatic breathing, which is, um, it helps if you sit up nice and tall. So your ribs can fully expand, your lungs can fully expand, your diaphragm can expand, and everything can contract fully. So the deeper you breathe, you're oxygenating oxygenating mm -hmm. your, you know, your lungs, your body, your blood, your brain. It's this almost um, detoxifying uh, circulation of gases that happens. Mm -hmm. And this supports your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that's essentially you. That's, you know, that's your problem solving. That's your personality expression. Um, that's where decisions are made. And um, it also affects your hippocampus, which is where learning and memory is as well. So these are parts of your brain that are, that are you, that you present, that's your personality, right? So the deeper you breathe, you're enhancing these areas, you're, um, you're fueling your body. And, and with diaphragmatic breathing, you're telling your body on a cellular level that you're safe. Right. So with anxiety, there's that short panic breath. It's like, <sighs> and it's just chest breathing. We're not fully expanding into the lungs. And so in that state, our parasympathetic nerve, nervous system switches on. That's our fight or flight. Right. So that's like, okay, something's about to happen. You need to be alert because we're going to need to run in just a second. Mm. You know, so that triggers that, like, okay stuff's about to go down, right? But if you breathe fully, you breathe deeply, you're opening, you're, you're telling your cells, okay, we're safe. If you can take a deep breath, you're safe. And so in anxiety, in panic attacks, if you can take that deep breath, you'll slowly start to calm yourself down on a nervous system level, cellular level, and your brain will, will follow. Your thoughts will follow. So ton of sense. And do you have any advice or like resources? Do you like, is there like breath work training that you've done or is it more just like a taking deep breaths, paying attention to your breaths? What is like the best advice for someone just getting started with that type of practice? Mm -hmm. Yes. So there, there are a few different breathing techniques. Um, and so many resources out there. So I have, um, there's a couple, there's one that's called the box breath. It's uh, an inhale for a count of four, and you pause at the top with your breath for a count of four, and then exhale for a count of four. Mm -hmm. And so you do that breath, and that's, 
that can be done, you know, five minutes a day. And again, that's the training for the time when you do have those deep anxious thoughts. So five minutes a day of just practicing breathing in, pausing, and exhaling for a count of four. And as you do that, you can even um, extend the breath. You know, you can do five, 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 six, 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 seven, 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 whatever it is. Um, and as you lengthen out the breath, again, you're telling your body that you're safe. Um, there's also another one that I absolutely love. And this one is practiced in the morning when you wake up and then at night um, before you go to bed. And uh, it's called the four, seven, eight breath. And this was, I learned about this from Dr. Andrew Wheel, and he, he has a great demonstration of it as well on his website and, and a list of benefits. And um, so it's an inhale for a count of four, a pause at the top for a count of seven, and then there's an exhale through your mouth for a count of eight. So something really cool about this breath is that the exhale is so much longer than the inhale. And that again, signals your parasympathetic nervous system. So that's the rest and digest. That signals the parasympathetic nervous system that you are safe. So the longer your exhale, and even the exhale through the mouth is saying, you're safe. You're safe. These thoughts are, are not really out there. You're not in real harm, um, physical harm. Your thoughts are, are what's leading right now. So let's bring it back to the body. Mm. Mm, that's great. I'm going to write those two down. So the box breath and then four, seven, eight. I'm going to four, include seven, these eight. in the show notes so that we can do some homework. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then, good. okay. So, so the last one, this is the, <laughs> last, the last breath. We love that. Um, there's one called Nadi Shodana. Okay. Um, it's the, it's um, an alternate nostril breathing. Mm. So this is, uh, I learned this from my yoga teacher training, and this one I found really uh, soothing for for anxiety as well. Because there's not just it's not just sitting and breathing; you're actually doing something with your hands. So um, you you plug one nostril and you breathe in through the other, and then you pause, and then you plug the nostril that you just inhaled from and exhale out of the other and so it's this cycle that keeps happening up and down so you're doing something with your hands there's a little bit of thought um, and it's very soothing mm. I've done that one before also in like a yoga class mm -hmm. I really like that um, if, if before I go to the next question if there's any other um, routines like daily routines that mm -hmm. assist you in in your anxiety and um, after that I I want to go into, I'm assuming, this is an assumption, you can correct me, that with yourself and the clients that you work with, that anxiety can be triggered by their consumption of online media, by their time on the internet, um, by things that are going on right now. Mm. And I'm wondering what the conversation is like between you and your, your clients about how to manage that and right. what, what you talk to them about, what you do for yourself when that comes up. Mm -hmm. um, cause I know that, cause I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you and I know there might be a lot of people listening who are like, well, I've never been diagnosed with anxiety, mm -hmm. right? Like I've never, I'm, I'm not clinically anxious. I'm not clinically mm -hmm. anxious. And I think there is definitely a distinction between like going to a doc, like being t diagnosed with anxiety, like there's definitely a list of symptoms that classify you as that. And I, I know because that's something that's a diagnosis that I've been given, but 
anxiety, like anxious thoughts, anxiousness comes up naturally in, in people in general. And these tools do help that too. Like you don't have to have been given a diagnosis to admit that you are suffering and find ways to help yourself. So I think that's something important to, to distinguish for anybody listening because yes, not everybody has a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder, but I'm sure you've been touched by a lot of these feelings and these tools help. So if there's any other routines that you want to bring up first, and then we can move on to um, how you handle the internet. <laughs> I, I love what you just said. I love that so much because yes, every single person experiences anxiety. It's a normal part of life. And I think we forget that, right? There's either I don't have anxiety, there's nothing wrong with me, mm -hmm. or I'm flawed. I have, I've been diagnosed, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not the case. That's just not real. Everybody experiences anxiety. It's just the, the amount and how, how it shows up. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, just a couple more habits that I, that I recommend and that I, I do. Um, so movement is a huge one. Mm -hmm. And, um, I say movement because I want it to be accessible to everybody. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be going for a run. It doesn't have to be weightlifting. This can be, um, you know, some restorative yoga on your mat, but just move your body. Just move your body a little bit. Um, it's great if you can get your heart rate up, but not necessary. So just find ways to move your body because our emotions can get stuck in our bodies. So move it out. Any, anything will work. Um, and, and then compassion for who you are. Mm -hmm. Just understanding that everything in life is a process and um, mental health is, is no exception. It's, it's a huge process that um, I haven't seen. It's just a you're healed type of thing. So it's a, it's a, it's a forever long process and there's, it's, there's so much beauty in the path. There's so much beauty in the journey and so many lessons to be had and so many different ways to connect with people, right? Like you and I wouldn't have met. So this is, it's all, it's all so beautiful and meant to be. And yes, it's hard. And yes, it's messy. And it's not supposed to be any other way. Mm. Very, very brilliant point. It's not supposed to be any other way. Yeah. We've all been tricked to think it <laughs> yeah. is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Our lives are not a beautiful Instagram feed. <laughs> like, that's not real. No. That's not real. So going into the social media, what you were saying, um yes it's a huge it's it's huge right it's slowly transformed into the way that we live right it's you know being in middle school this wasn't a thing <laughs> oh i didn't ask if we're are we around the same age how old are you i'm 30. Oh, okay we're, we're exactly the same age so yes because yeah. i heard you say that and i was like yeah not for me either yeah <laughs> it's not like this in middle school <laughs> Right? So it's like, you know, we went from not having this and from playing outside and running and kicking the ball and, you know, going bike riding with neighborhood friends. And, and now it's, 
we live through a screen and it's so interesting and sad and um, sometimes beautiful and you know there's there's so many different layers to it and I think that um, with anxiety it can be I can view it and clients can view it as a completely doom and gloom arena right so it can be just this oh this is terrible but that's not really the case right that's kind of worst case scenario thinking um, because there are beautiful things about it. I've met amazing humans and I've made a real connection, you know, and we've taken relationships off of the app, you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, let's have a phone call date. Let's talk, um, you know, through, <laughs> through some other means and, and create a real relationship. So it's been, it's been beautiful and challenging. Um, so I, I have actionable steps for social media and how to, to realize that it's not reality because I think there's that time there's those times when it's hard to realize that that's not real you know there's a mm -hmm. lot of great accounts out there that are are busting you know perfect poses and perfect configured um, bodies and all of this stuff and I think that's great they're showing like that's not real life um, and there's still a lot of people out there who are are saying that that is real life and so it's hard to to find what will serve each individual person, what will help them along the way. So the first thing that I suggest is to clean up your feed. Mm. Um, and this, do this on an energetic level. So this is, even if it's one of your, you know, best friends from high school and uh, every time you see their picture, you feel this little tinge of, of I don't know, it can be, shame or jealousy or if it's something that pulls you out of your self-worth just unfollow because there's something there and maybe you can work through that and go back to having them on your feed or maybe you don't maybe you realize that you know um, i can love this person and and not see their instagram feed um or uh you know there's this political group that you support but it's constantly bringing panic into your life because you're seeing all of these things happen that are really distressing. Well, yeah, you can still support that cause, but you don't need to see that every day in front of your face, right? We can still be supportive and, um, and work towards uh, what we believe is right without being constantly fed information about it. Hmm. So clean up the feeds on energy levels, what, what brings you into your self-worth, what makes you feel whole, what takes you out of your self-worth, what brings you anxiety, what fills you with panic, fear, all of that, get rid of it. It's just, it's just not worth filling your brain because just like you, you know, you wouldn't go out or maybe you would, just like <laughs> you would go out and, and eat something that you believe is good for your body right? That's consuming something. You're, you're eating something and you're wanting to feel nourished and energized, right? It's the same thing with, with social media, with TV, with movies. You are consuming it. You're, that energy that someone has put out there is coming into you. So let's have that be beneficial for you. Let's have that work in your favor. Mm. So yeah. like having, having a healthy diet for social media. Exactly. That's what it sounds like. That's perfect. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, and then, um, you know, limits, limits on, on your time on the screen. And I know that that can be, limits can seem kind of um, strict to some people, but I feel like that's, you set your limit, right? Like, I'm not going to tell you, you know, you have to do this certain amount of time every single day. Like you set your limit, what works for you, what is good for your life, and then just do your best to stick to it. Some days you won't, some days you will. That's okay. Just like everything, it's a process. So um, you can set a timer actually through specifically speaking of Instagram. So you can set a timer in Instagram mm. that tells you like, okay, you've spent this much time. This is your limit that you've programmed in here. Mm. Um, so it's time to get off. You can easily press like snooze or like <laughs> go away, but it's that reminder of like, okay, this is the, the commitment that you made to yourself. Are you going to hold it? Or maybe today you want to stay on a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that little reminder. And, and then there's also, um, I just lost it. But yeah, so there's that reminder of, of okay, this is the time that you can get on and, and get off. And um, something that I've done recently, so we mentioned um, through our email, the Social Dilemma document. Mm -hmm. I still haven't watched it. We're supposed to watch it tonight. It's, but it's so many people have told me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I feel um, there was that sense of despair and deep anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, I feel like I've learned so much from that. And I feel like, okay, well, I'm starting to see a bit of a path forward. Um, and I'm not gonna lie for like a week. After I watched that documentary, I was like, okay, I need all my screens to be broken. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna be online ever again. You know, I felt that. Um, and, and so it's, I'm coming out of that and feeling like, okay, well, I'm seeing that there needs to be um, some changes in my own consumption um, of what I uh, offer to people and, and how I'm showing up and how I feel about it, you know? So um, since that documentary, I've actually changed all of my screens. Um, so my computer, my iPad, my phone, um, those are the ones that I use. I've changed them all to grayscale. Mm. So everything is gray right now as well, you know? So, oh, wow. um, yeah, which has been really helpful because I don't feel like I'm getting that big dopamine hit, you know, that pleasure hormone isn't really triggered when I'm looking at a gray screen and I found myself getting really bored with, mm. you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not getting that pleasure center tri triggered right now. I'm, I'm going to go out for a walk instead, you know? And so it's been really nice. That sounds so simple, but like blew my mind. <laughs> that is so good. Cause it's so true. Like if you're just looking, cause when we're at our screen, when it's all colorful and bright and vibrant and filtered, it's like, this is real. This is better than real. This is, yeah. you know, high def so that when we do go outside like I feel like this with the kids like when they do step away everything else is kind of a little bit dull and boring because yeah. it's not in high def it's not all these mm -hmm. crazy blasts and filters and you know triggers in their brain but mm -hmm. if it's gray and you get bored 
then when you go, you're not desensitized anymore. So that when you do go outside, it is so much more enriching. It's so much more nourishing to just, even not outside, just being in your house, looking around and finding something else to occupy your brain with. Ooh, that's a good tip. I think I'm going to do that one. Yeah, 100%. And I feel that, you know, I was watching the sunset last night and just completely blown away by the colors, Mm. just completely blown away. And I see, I see that exactly what you're saying. I'm, you know, I'm looking outside, the flowers are just so bright. Mm -hmm. They're so bright. And I, I'm not sure. I mean, they've been there (laughs) once, but I'm not sure I would have noticed it because the, the colors on, on the screens, they are so intense. They're so intense. So exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And it's, it's, you see like five sunsets, five filtered high def with all the colors magnified sunsets, one right after the other, and all these crazy flowers from jungles and all over with like the brightest filter on them so that your flowers in your backyard are just like, mm, whatever. But then if it's gray or I, I, I noticed, cause I did a whole, I've done my fair share of like throwing the screens out and not going on them for long periods of time and just being like, I want them all broken. I can never come back yeah. here. Yeah. And then now I'm like on the other side of it as well. But I remember noticing that come up a lot for me when I just wasn't on the screens at all. And I would just sit outside and it kind of feels like you're high. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like if you've experienced that, but like, it just like when you're, you're just like noticing everything is like really pleasurable and like, oh my God, like, look at the yeah. sky, feel the wind. And that's what it felt like. It felt like yeah. I was like, it's like we're sedated. It's mm-hmm. like we're just sedated by this technology. Absolutely. and yeah that's a really cool insight is it's not just about the boundaries and the managing your time on there and the cleaning it up because I think a lot of us are starting to understand that that part Mm -hmm. of it and taking ownership and control over our consumption but that aspect of like not being sedated anymore (laughs) like like waking up to to real life and stepping out of that spell that we're under oh man yeah absolutely that one's gonna be a big one for me after this yeah and then and then I just my last tip for for social media no matter what platform you go on no matter how long you spend on it or what you do with the the color of your screen just make sure actually there's two two tips okay so one go on with intention Right. So um, it can be, I want to check in on a friend and see how they're doing. Or it can be, I want to scroll for 20 minutes. I just want to scroll. Like, that's fine. That's 100% okay. But go on with the intention behind it. Um, because it is so much of like, I'm, I'm in a waiting room. I'm just going to flip on my phone. We do, it's habitual at this mm-hmm. point, right? We don't think about it. And it's just, okay, I'm just going to do this. No big deal. And, and, before you know it, you've spent six hours on your phone and you don't know where the day went. It's the same thing as, you know, the TV. When, when everybody was sitting in front of the TV, it's you realize, oh, where, where did my week go? So it's going on with some intention. And then the second one is decompress afterwards. Mm. So whatever that is for you, it's almost like a shaking off, right? Um, I love to go out in nature. That's also one of my habits for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so go out in nature. Uh, that If you live in um, 
a place where there's not, you know, nature readily available, that little patch of grass that's by your house, that's nature. Mm -hmm. Go stand in it, you know, um, be out somewhere, go for a walk, feel the air on you, um, you know, experience outside, mm -hmm. feel the sun on your skin, whatever it is, and just decompress. If, if being out in nature is not what does it for you, find something that really fits in your life and what helps you feel um, relaxed, released, and calm and decompress from being on the screen. Mm. I love, I, I never think about that, but that's such a good one to like add to your list of habits that you're trying to add to your, your day. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lot of like the theme I'm hearing, like to tie this up with is just about intentions. It's mm -hmm. about living and doing things mindfully, knowing why you're doing them, mm -hmm. like being in control and regaining the control that, cause that's a big part of anxiety is feeling out of control. Right? So this practice, all of these things that we've been talking about from the beginning, they all come back to reclaiming our own power over mm -hmm. ourselves, whether it's over our thoughts, whether it's over how we use the technology. Um, and the, what you just mentioned about sitting in the waiting room and it's just like habitual at this point to like scroll through our phones. It reminded me of what you said earlier about, our anxiety thought patterns being patterns being habits mm -hmm. like our brain now has a habit of just going into the tornado and right. we can sit beneath the tornado and watch that it's separate from us i feel like the same type of thought can go into this habitual scrolling that like noticing it and and stopping it and noticing mm -hmm. that we are not just these like thumbs that are scrolling on a screen we can sit and look at something else in the waiting room. We can do something else with our time. Mm -hmm. Oh man. But yes, the empowerment that comes with a lot of the things you're saying, I think is going to be really fulfilling to a lot of the people listening. So thank you so much yeah. for sharing all of this. Absolutely. And, and one thing too, I just want to say that, um, yes, anxiety is a lot about feeling powerless and not in control. And, um, I don't think that we ever can fully have control, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's um, a reality that we can, um, you know, even sometimes control ourselves. I feel like that's a that's um, unrealistic at at times, but we can change how we respond to that. We can change how we respond to um, uncertainty, right? I feel like we are all collectively as a world experiencing uncertainty right now we're experiencing that like oh i thought i had control over my life and it turns out that i have control over nothing um <laughs> so i it's it's as like i said before it's a little switch of of a mindset right it's understanding that okay well what i can do is understand that i'm the observer and i can i can watch and i can um, even to, a, to an extent, train how I respond to different scenarios that unfold in my life, whether that's, you know, with my partner or that's uh, with the, the world, right? That's on social media. That's right. So we have layers and, and ripples um, of how our actions affect the people around us. And so instead of creating one of those, uh, I'll say negative ripples, um, you know, of, I'm feeling anxious, I, I'm out of control, I'm gonna lash out at my partner. 
and then my partner gets stressed and lashes out at another person and that just that cycle keeps going right so instead of that we are able to to come back to ourselves and to think okay well big thunder did you hear that <laughs> yeah i did actually came through <laughs> wow. big thunder <laughs> <laughs> So, so instead of that negative ripple, right, we can transform that into a positive ripple. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling anxious. I'm understanding how I'm feeling. I'm going to communicate in a different way. My partner feels supported and also understands that I need support. And so then that level of understanding can be passed on. That makes so much sense. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought up the distinction of the, the goal is not control. The goal is awareness. Yes. That's what it is. The power comes from the awareness. It's the constant paying attention to, huh, I feel, I feel pissed. I feel, I feel out of control right now. Mm -hmm. Let's sit with it. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's pay attention. And that's really, and I think that the idea of gain, gain, having control over your life just sits it fits so well with all this other stuff that we're sold that like there's something, there's a quick fix. There's like a finite end point finish line for where you're going to figure it out and nothing's going to change after that. That is completely unrealistic. That is not life. But what you said about just, just the reminder systems, the awareness, the intention, that is the goal. That is the journey. That is the healing. And it's perfect. Yeah, 100%. You put that so beautifully. Oh, so I was just repeating what you said. <laughs> but thank you again, Amanda, so much. This was so enriching. So much of what you said like, resonated very closely to my journey and my experience. So I know we're going to be hanging out online a lot more <laughs> and hopefully in person yeah. soon when that's an option for us, but yeah. I'm so glad we connected. Thank you again. And if you want to just one more time call out where we can find you, reach you, I'll include all that in the show notes as well um, before we head off. Yes. It's been such an honor to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that we connected. Um, you can find me on social at Amanda Palmer Wellness and um, I, on my website, amandapalmerwellness.com. And then you can email me at hello at amandapalmerwellness.com. So I'm just Amanda Palmer Wellness in all of the places. Perfect. And what they can get from you there along with like your, your content is they can hire you and, and work with you, right? So yeah. is it like one-on-one -on -one stuff that you offer? Is it more like programs that they, they lead themselves through? I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. Um, so I have a 90 day program that is coming out at the end of next month. And that is all about habits and anxiety. And, um, there's a lot about anxiety education in there and mindfulness and all of the things. And, um, leading up to that, I offer, and after I offer 90 minute sessions as well, mm. um, to those who are looking for, um, you know, those takeaways that they can start to implement into their life right away. Perfect. And you said it's going to be at the end of this, of, of the month. So you're, I just want to make sure, cause this episode is probably going to come out um, in oh, about okay. a month. So when will that be coming out in what month? At the end of October. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to include all of that in the show notes. so Everybody can connect with you and 
learn more from you. And yeah, I'll let you know when this episode's coming out and thank you again and yeah. stay, stay inside. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you're about to get a storm. I'm sure yeah. we're getting one too. The skies are blue. I'm very confused. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Florida. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Have a great Saturday and we'll be in touch. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, perfect people. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find us on Instagram at Perfect Podcast. That's P-E-R-F-C-K-E-D podcast. And if you're into the show as much as I am and know other people who should be doing this thing with us, Pixar didn't happen. Make sure to screenshot this episode inside your podcast app and share it on Instagram, making sure to tag us. And if you want to take it a step further and make this relationship Facebook official, you can join our private Perfect People Facebook group where we hang out with strangers on the internet. You down? Cool. Hit subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, and tune in next week for another conversation with a real person talking about real life in real time. Same time next week? Cool. See you then. Later.